if you have the five, right? And then you grab Jalen Hurts at the five. Yep. And then you have the the what eight, right? Mm-hmm. And then some asshole grabs AJ Brown at the seven, even though he doesn't have Hurts. Yep. And it's like you just spent one of your earliest picks on this guy. Now, sure, could you still get Devonte? Could you still get Swift or whatever? You know, Goddard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that happens so often. I'm still gonna do them because they're fun. But you're right. You you get screwed on them. I feel like more times than not almost. I got wrecked, wrecked last year. I maxed it last year. It was a disaster. Got wrecked because... Because uh, I, I I maybe had five live teams out of 150 when it was all but, said and done. Well, I'm saying when the drafts were said and done? or Yeah, so when the drafts, as soon as the drafts were done, you could look back at the team and I was just like, there's no chance that this can win because somebody was sniping a quarterback at the absolute most ridiculous time with nobody else. Like So like you're grabbing the stack and then the right. quarterback last on a team like that. And Correct. then now, even if you were to make it to the final round, you don't have a starting quarterback. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Absurd. Absolutely one of, absurd. Honestly, one of the approaches I've been thinking about taking is just going um, like 3-3-2-2 three, three, two, two or something like that, or even like mm-hmm. a 3-2-2-2, two, 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 like just in a way to where I'm spreading it out and I'm having – like, all right, if I get that quarterback, I get him. If I don't, I'll get it on this team. And now all I need to do is fill five spots in the final round, yeah. and hopefully all of them make it through healthy. So I know not to go like crazy game theory on it, but there was a part of me last year when I, after you draft about 20, 30 teams where I was like, I should start taking some Sam Darnold or something. I should start taking a backup that has to play three games. Like, obviously, they didn't have to this year. They're the one seed, so you're getting two games before the Super Bowl. But like, So like it's your final pick, you mean? Right. Like get some Tyler Huntley in your life or get somebody that it's like, oh, if you add him, you win in the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's a lot of game theory to it. It's just first you have to escape the draft unscathed. And that's tough. Impossible. It's it's almost impossible. In regular season best ball where you have 20 rounds and 12, like it doesn't matter. You can you can fix that. And you don't need the stack necessarily. You don't need the stack to win. No, you don't, but you need pieces of everything and you need, you more than likely need a quarterback live in the Super Bowl. Just throw that one out there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the stochastic.com NFL strategy show. It's Thursday morning. We're talking ownership and top stacks. Now I will say out of the gate, many of you have been with us all year for many years, possibly. And if that's the case, you haven't subscribed yet. Take a single second, subscribe to the channel. Hit that thumbs up, atone for your sins here. Much appreciated, helps us, goes a very long way. Um, We have ownership updated, like everything's good to go. But I can tell you right now, a lot of this is gonna be speculation on on my part and Eric Lindquist, at Eric Lindquist, joining me as always. It's gonna be speculation, dude, not everything. Like we know, here's here's how I'll put it to you, right? We know CeeDee Lamb's gonna be mega chalk because there's going to be more than enough value to where you just play him against Washington, right? Like Mm -hmm. Tony Pollard's going to be chalk. A lot of the, if Christian Kirk plays, he's going to be chalk. I think it might be one of the best spots to pivot off of on the slate. We'll get there. But fact is we know a lot of guys that will be chalk. We know a lot of players that won't be chalk. The problem is we don't know about a bunch of players that are going to inevitably end up being chalk when we get more news over the next couple of days. That's the right way of looking at it. We, I will say it's nice that we have a ton of early news about teams that have already clinched, yep, that being yep. the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you've got the San Francisco 49ers, just knowing that, hey, we're not going to scroll Rams around. The player, but yeah, exactly. And, we're, and the Browns. Wentz, yeah, the Browns. Like, we're, we're getting a lot of, like, coaches 
being straight up with you because there's really no incentive for them at this point to to not do that. Uh, the Rams are the one team that could jostle between six and seven. That can matter who they play, but otherwise it's it's pretty meaningless, any of those games. And so you're getting a lot of the backups that will be going out there playing full bore. And then you're getting, I think, an option in Tyler Huntley that's always kind of a fun guy when you have somebody with the kind of a rushing floor built in for what their skill set is. Now, did they put the pedal to the metal? Probably not, but... Uh, it's still a, a decent enough floor to get in in some of these quarterbacks. I mean, I'm excited to watch Carson Wentz play football, if nothing else, just for the spectacle of it all. I mean, the Joe Flacco experience has been fun. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to watch Carson Wentz play football on Sunday. I'm pulling for him. Okay. I hope he does well. <laughs> I'm I, sure. <laughs> I, 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 I have no hard feelings against Wentz, you know, mm-hmm. but Carson Wentz, Sam Donald, it's not the worst matchup of backups I've ever seen. Uh, you know, the one spot that I honestly, and by the way, happy to have you guys with us. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is the last, last week of the regular season. So let's make it happen. And it's the wildest week of any regular season every single year. Uh, I really thought that there was a possibility that Andy Reid would run his starters for a little bit in this game because of how they've completely limped into the postseason. Like, yeah, you can look back on previous years and go, well, no, I mean, Andy Reid always sits his guys. I get that. But that's when they're like, 12 and four, 11 and five rushed, you know, struggled in maybe some of the early games, but crushed in November and December, just cr- cut through their, their, their competition like butter. I really thought there might've been a possibility that he would get them out there just to find a little bit of cohesion, but even that's not going to happen with the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. Got ruled out already. So there's that um, there's, there's again, there's, I think more cards being played up front this year than in years past. Um, we, we don't have to have those ma- massive question marks. More of the question marks we have are, it's like, how much do the Rams care about Puka Nakua's rookie record? Like how much do they care about that? It seems McVay said he's going to play a little bit there, but does that make him viable? Does he play a quarter? No. Does he get pulled as soon as he plays as he gets, you know, 28 yards or 29 yards, whatever it was there. Yes. Um, so many different things like that, that, that I think matter to some extent. Uh, obviously, we don't have the Miami game on the main slate, so that changes a little bit uh, for me because obviously Tyreek Hill is somebody that, I mean, Miami's playing for something. They're playing to win the division there against Buffalo, and uh, that would have been a fun one to have some exposure to. But then there's guys playing for jobs, Nick Mullins, you know, and and Minnesota, I guess, is not entirely out of playoff contention, although it definitely feels like that, a 4% playoff per, uh, probability, 9% uh, probability if they win this football game against Detroit. Uh, just a weird, weird slate. It always is. But like, I think there's enough stuff that we can mine through and find some people, some good plays. Absolutely. Uh, I would be shocked if Pukunaku is not out of this game. The moment he gets that number, if they get it to him. Yeah, that would be, I would be shocked. I would be shocked too. I mean, and plus the records held by like Jim Bowden or whatever. No, not Jim Bowden, Jim something from, from 1960. Uh, the five catches of of Puka Nakua is at least like a fun thing to think about. What do those five catches look like? Are they going to go for the reception record too? Even if they do, I don't think he's viable at all. Okay, that's fair. Because he's like, okay, yeah, sure. There's no Chris or there's no Kyron Williams. There's no Cooper Cup. But you're paying seventy eight hundred dollars for Puka Nakua. Like, I I couldn't argue doing that over a $7,400 Mike Evans against Carolina in a must-win game, right? I couldn't argue that over um, even like DK Metcalf in a must-win game at 7,200. DJ Moore in a spot where I think they come out and fight 
against a banged up Green Bay team at 7K. There's just so much in that range that it would be very difficult for me to make that. I, I, I'd right. even take Devontae Adams over him, and I don't even like Devontae Adams this week. <laughs> yeah, we saw that with the Lions last year. They wanted to send it to the Green Bay Packers, yep. and they did in Lambeau. Last week of the year, sent Aaron Rodgers off on a rail. It was beautiful. Uh, couldn't have loved it anymore as a Viking fan, but um, I, I do expect that too. So, I mean, the Bears, Justin Fields playing for a job, playing for a city basically that, you know, isn't sure what to think about him. Uh, I would be thinking I would want Justin Fields, but that's just me. Uh, go get yourself some Marvin Harrison, uh, Jr. Go get yourself, uh, Udunze from, from Washington. There are some wide receivers in this class, uh, pretty much the opposite in the NFL of what you're looking at in the NBA, where it's just dust, uh, for the NBA draft this season. Like there are some massive talents coming out of the, uh, college football ranks this year. So yeah, Justin Fields, definitely going to be a fascinating one as well. And they're free rolling because they already have the number one pick. Yep. It's beautiful. Right? Like that's. And they have another pick sitting no worse than 10th. No, I think it could get worse than 10 if they win. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was, I thought I read it was like no worse than 10th. Maybe they win. No, you're right. You're right. right. No, they're seven to nine. You're right. They could move up to like 14. Yeah. But even so close the season out in a big way. uh, I would imagine that they want to do that. So let's get into it. Let's make it happen. Uh, Mateus, they, They'll have a showdown slate for that, for sure. And uh, you might not see it on there. Now, they'll definitely have a Bills-Dolphins showdown slate. No doubt. No doubt about it. They have to. Sunday night football, they will. It's going to be incredible. All right, so here's the way we do this show. For those of you guys new, just somehow finding us in the final week of the regular season, we look at ownership. We talk about the popular chalky plays, look for some guys that might give provide us with some leverage at the bottom. We'll run the Sims tool and look at that throughout and at the end as well. Um, and we'll go position by position. The reason we don't do quarterbacks first is because so many of these guys at wide receiver, tight end, are tethered to the quarterback conversation. And then when we talk about stacks and we look at what stack exposure we're getting in the Sims tool, all of that's going to come into focus regardless. So let's kick it off at the running back spot. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Tony Pollard, it's gross, but he's going to be chalky going up against the Washington team that's just, you know, they're dead. Ron Rivera's got to be cooked. Right now, the two highest-owned players on the slate are from the 13-point favorite Dallas Cowboys. It's CeeDee Lamb, and then Tony Pollard is the highest running back mm-hmm. on this one. Now, here's the thing, though. All right, let me just let me just um let me just lay the foundation for you for a second. <laughs> so there's there's no Christian McCaffrey. Yep. He's out. Kyron Williams on this slate is not going to play, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Rashad White as your highest priced running back. I still think even at that salary, because there's going to be less opportunity cost that Rashad White is a really interesting play against the Panthers team that's allowed 21 rushing touchdowns to running backs alone. But then you have Alvin Kamara, who is not participating in practice. He might not play. So ultimately, up at the top, you're talking like Brees Hall, brutal match. I hate this matchup against the Patriots. Travis Etienne in a must-win game. Rashad White in a must-win game. And then you get below 7K. So I think ownership's going to tell us a lot of the story here at the running back spot. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's going to change a lot, but Tony Pollard is not. Tony Pollard at 6,500 going up against Washington isn't changing. It's the second worst team against running backs. Washington is fantasy, fantasy-wise. They've given up the second most to running backs, that is. And Tony Pollard, uh, say what you want about him. It's definitely been a disappointing season. The attempts are going to be there. 
It's a game that there's incentive to win and they're massive favorites. So uh, all the boxes are kind of checked for a play that should be chalky. And if he's not for some reason, because people are apprehensive, I think that's just a jam spot because there's nobody who has that level of certainty. Now, I'm really interested to see what people end up doing with the likes of a Zamir White here, because for all intents and purposes, Devontae Adams came out yesterday and said, we want to play for our dude. They are looking to go take it to Denver here at home and, and try to send a, a message to Davis to, to hire their guy. And now Zamir White, has just been getting a bell cow workload. We don't expect Jacobs, of course. 17, 22, and 20 rushing attempts here. There are so many pivots off of Zamir White, I believe, in some kind of regard where there are teams in more competitive spots. And if something happens where Zamir White gets dinged up whatsoever, don't you put him in bubble wrap? He's he's shown some utility now the last three games. I don't know. It's at least somebody that I'm I'm starting to talk myself into maybe being lighter than what the field is going to be because there's guys like Jordan Mason that exist on the San Francisco side that I feel are just completely cheap and going to get all of the opportunities because everybody else, whether it's Eli Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, who's not going to play, like they matter so much to the playoff picture for San Francisco where Jordan Mason, don't you just let him run into a brick wall a million times? I said it to Ben yesterday that Jordan Mason could absolutely be the guy. And uh, I was, I was honestly, I was honestly hoping that Elijah Mitchell would be active because I feel like, Me too. yeah, that would pull a ton away uh, from him. But and another spot being um, like Pierre Strong, it's it's not a, it's not a, a fun spot. But do you do they play Jerome Ford and do they play Kareem Hunt in Cleveland, or does Pierre Strong play like ninety percent of snaps in this game? Good question. I I don't have the answer to it. It's a four K Pierre Strong, so you're incentivized to try to guess, incentivized to figure out because four K is different than. Some of these other pieces, Ronnie Rivers is going to be more popular, you would think, than what Pierre Strong is going to be. And that does a lot to be able to get to the CD Lambs, to get to other guys. Salary is always kind of a, a question mark on if it matters or not on slates like this. I think Devontae Adams has vaulted himself into, into a, a player that I probably want to have exposure to. The Vikings are completely dead with Justin Jefferson and CD Lambs. So there's wide receivers to pay up for. And there's not really running backs to pay up for this week. I mean, with no Kyron. Uh, obviously, no Christian McCaffrey, Rashad White, 7,600. That's your most expensive, like, quote unquote, certain running back workload that we have on the entire slate. For sure. And I mentioned as well, uh, actually, I did the picks for every game video on the Odd Shopper channel on Tuesday. Did it early this week since there's no Thursday night football. Figure, let's just get it out. And when I got to that Raiders game, this was before the Devontae Adams presser. Mm -hmm. like they're they love antonio pierce like they're gonna play for this guy and look does that always materialize and translate into wins no of course not but if this is another opportunity for him to you know add another win to his resume as an interim coach i don't think they back down at all whereas on the other hand you've got a team where it's like yeah sean payton will be around but on one hand the trajectory seemingly pointing up for the Raiders. They're like, we like this guy. We have some pieces. You know what I mean? We stay competitive. We get some wins. Not a great year, but McDaniels is gone. Uh, Josh McDaniels is gone. Fine. Mm -hmm. But we're going to go out there at home and we're going to play 60 minutes. On, on the other side with Denver, I'm not convinced that that's the case. Like you're trotting Jared Stidham out there. Cortland Sutton probably doesn't play. Th they have no run game to speak of. The team is pretty lifeless at this point. And a, and a quarterback that they invested so much in, in Russell Wilson, it's done. It's over. It was a failure. So this is like, a, let's just get through the season. Whereas with 
Vegas, I think there is real incentive here to win this game and win it convincingly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't completely downgrade Jared Stidham where obviously I didn't get the, the outcome I was hoping for. I was really looking for two touchdown catches. If that, if that uh, ticketed cash, I would have been ecstatic either way. He was decent enough. Didn't get enough of the rushing equity there. Only six attempts, six yards, but um, I, I still feel like he's not a complete zero there. They do have a little bit of money wrapped up in Jared Stidham. He has a what two year contract with them. See if that's somebody that can be serviceable for you next year. Dip your toes in the draft. There's a number of quarterback shots to take, I, I think, in the first round between Penix, May, everybody up there. You could trade up. There's options I think Denver has here once they unload Russell Wilson. But um, from a football perspective, come Sunday, I don't hate the idea of Jerry Judy, who's just trying to, you know, show that he can still play at any kind of a level. I didn't see a whole hell of a lot against the Chargers last week. That's for sure. But uh, I, I don't completely discount them. I think that game might be more competitive than you know it would otherwise indicate for something that has nothing to be played for outside of coaching jobs and and specific individuals but uh yeah that's that's one for vegas that i think Devonte adams not ironic that he is happy now after 21 targets last week he should be like he should he should be getting opportunities that's exactly it yeah it was it was absurd the way that they were running their offense where it's like why is Devonte adams like who's open almost every single play not just getting targeted ad nauseum it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think he's fine, but up top at wide receiver. Well, we'll get there. But CeeDee Lamb and, and, and A.J. Brown. Uh-huh. I know there were some whispers that Sirianni was considered resting these guys, but A.J. Brown might be my favorite play on the entire slate this week. What? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. We'll get there. I'm surprised that you would be so surprised. I, I am pretty surprised. I, I don't have A.J. Brown above a lot of guys this week. Um, I Love like C.D. Lamb more. I like Justin Jefferson and Amon Ross St. Brown in the game environment more. I like Devontae Adams more. I like Nico Collins more. I like Michael Pittman more. I like Stephon Diggs more, but that's in the evening game, so that doesn't count. I like D.J. Moore more. I like a lot of guys more than I like, uh, than I like Mr. A.J. Brown. You think that they're just going to pepper him and try to get this offense sparked up? Yeah, and after that press conference that he or after speaking to the media after breaking his silence yesterday, you're you're damn right. I think so. Weather's going to be a little bit of an issue too. It's supposed to snow and rain and no, seventy percent chance, be, right? It'll be some rain. There's not going to be any oh, okay, snow. Okay. Uh, I'm 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 like an hour and a half away from East Rutherford or wherever it is. It's not. You're you're looking outside your window and it's like a three day forecast. Oh, I don't think it's going to rain. No, it's it's dude, we were, hours. We were supposed to get up to eleven inches. Now they're calling for like three inches. So it's oh, okay. just becoming okay. more rain. Plus gotcha. this Saturday, Sunday is going to be mostly fine. I'm so shocked that you don't share a similar sentiment. Like Devonte Smith is not going to play. You're facing the Giants. And like no Devonte Smith, assume uh, in all likelihood he's out of this game. He didn't practice oh. yesterday. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. This game is like to why? Okay, so how about this? <laughs> like I'm on Ross St. Brown. Yeah, I'm not convinced he plays more than a half. I am. I'm. Uh, it depends. I mean, they they'd have to put their foot down a little bit. I mean, this is still, I like Amon Ross St. Brown more. Right. It depends. I mean, we'll see what the ha- halftime score is for the Cowboys game, right? Uh, no, th- those are four o'clock games. So 
Yeah, but still, they need the Eagles to lose to the Giants and the Cowboys to lose to the Commanders. Yeah, not well, not likely. You're you're probably right about that. But well, like if you want to risk it, and we know Dan Campbell's not afraid of being weird, right? Like I get that. Uh, I'm just, I'm not thoroughly convinced at this point that that they are going to do that. Okay. Uh, and the line in this game right now is sitting at three. Should the Lions not be favored at home by more than three points? Against the Vikings, who don't have a starting quarterback. Well, wait, uh, Nick Mullins. He he's a person. He's a he person, exists. sure. His feelings. Yeah, I have I'm feelings just, too, I'm, and they've I'm been saying, ripped out of my week, soul. If this is Week Seventeen, there's no way they're three point favorites against the Vikings. Yeah. Well, in the know. grand scheme of things, the Vikings nine percent chance to still get in if they win this football game, and the Saints they're in a in a flip seahawks hackers like crazier things have happened i i don't expect it to happen but like the vikings should be playing this one straight up oh they will they will they have zero yeah. shot of getting in really but thank you well i'm not have you looked at what they I, need yeah nine percent yeah they need they need a lot of things to, to end up falling their way green bay um it's it, it's a lot of uh, things that need to end up falling down. What is it? Win at Lions, Packers lost to Bears, Seahawks lost at Cardinals, Saints lost to Falcons, then win at Lions. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of things that need to occur. Either way, look, I'm not even trying to be argumentative. All I'm saying is I, I thought you would like A.J. Brown more. And you don't, that's a good thing. This is good. I enjoy when we have these type of conversations. And normally we've been on the same page for a lot of guys recently. I, I For me, it's just, I don't trust what the hell... Philadelphia is doing offensively, defensively, and offensively. I mean, they I don't they either. are just brutal. I, I, I don't I almost agree. trust them to to do smart things anymore. Like I they don't, don't listen. I've been saying that. I've been saying it literally all year. All year. You could go back like week four and watch me do any of these shows that they've been getting lucky, that they've yeah. been getting wins that they didn't necessarily deserve and they won, I'm sure, but eventually the other shoe was gonna drop. You okay. guys have watched, you know. That and and the other shoe did drop, and it was a resounding thud heard around Lincoln Financial Field last week when they lost straight up to the Cardinals. Here's the thing, though: we have AJ Brown at six percent projected ownership, mm -hmm. with Devonta Smith not like what? Well, Julio Jones is the number one now. Yeah, two targets for two touchdowns. <laughs> AJ Brown, Matt. AJ Brown, massive game. Anyway. Uh... Yeah, Quez Watkins season, Olympus Zacchaeus season. Let's go. <laughs> My God. If Olympus right, Zacchaeus has a huge game here and AJ Brown has two receptions, I'll hang it up for good. <laughs> anyway, quote it, uh, clip it, Jordan Klein, clip it. Aaron oh, Jones man. is getting ownership against Chicago. No issues with that. None. Um, I'm just out on Bijan right now. Like 6,600, there's a thousand other guys I'd rather get to. I like Rashad White, though, because I don't normally seventy six hundred dollars for him is tough to get to. And you're like, well, I'd rather just pay eighty three for Kyron Williams, you know. But here, yeah. I don't think it's that tough to get there. It's not it's it's not that difficult. I, I definitely like getting there. I mean, let's let's do this. I think this is a fun way of looking at the running back position on a slate like this. Let's build out what our three running backs would be like if we were sure, using one in the flex. What? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is kind of a fun exercise. I think Jordan Mason's my first click in. I think San Francisco has zero incentive to try to play Eli Mitchell in any way, shape or form. It's an afternoon game that gets you some swappability. 
And then uh, maybe they bring somebody up off the practice squad, but otherwise Kyle Juszczyk, I mean, he is so important as a fullback to them too, that that's, that's a guy you might even take off the field. So like Jordan Mason should get a bell cow workload here, barring anything like very unfortuitous happening here. Rams should be resting all of their main defensive starters. And Jordan Mason has at least shown a little bit of burst at times. Week five, week six, uh, got some opportunities and it it came to fruition pretty quickly. So like, that's not a zero there at the running back position. So he'd be my first click. Me too. Uh, we did our, we rank them like we do our top player by tier mm-hmm. on the, on the first look show and bottom tier for me was Jordan Mason yesterday. I think there's an argument to be made for Pierre strong though. If mm-hmm. everybody is out in, in, in Cleveland could be ugly, but I would expect the volume to be there. Uh, number two, I would go, I, I would for sure go, and, and and I'll leave Pollard to you if that's your guy. No, we'll we'll skip Pollard because I, I expect him to be mega chalk. And okay. it's it feels like a comfortable fade for the time being uh, at the current ownership because he could end up getting just jammed in small field. I'll go Rashad White. Love it. That's my favorite play too. Who else you got? We James actually Connor. have Pierre Strong at 11% right now. I'm just seeing that now. It makes sense though. It makes total sense. James Conner. The they're, they're just playing this straight up because they want to see what this team is going to look like going forward and offensively extremely competent in pretty much all scenarios with Kyler Murray and James Conner active. You saw Josh Dobbs get rotated in there. Kyler Murray has been without Marquise Brown pretty much this entire time. What he didn't play week 14, didn't play week 16, 17. And Kyler's looked very, very functional back there. And a lot of that is James Conner's just kind of a dude. 26 carries against your Eagles, 128 there. Added a uh, added a catch into the mix for a touchdown. I mean, he's he is an important game changer. And they waited to bring Kyler Murray back until James Conner was a full go. Because, I mean, that's just, that that is a tandem that you're going to want to pay attention to. I know it's not like crazy popular going, hey, quarterback to... Uh, running back there considering what you've seen from from well other than McCaffrey other than maybe a Kyron Williams there who is like your last pick of drafts this year will be a top five pick this year but like James Conner against Seattle they're just going to play it straight up again like they have no reason not to they want to know exactly what they have with Kyler Murray I don't expect bubble wrap I don't expect any changes here and Kyler's out there just slinging it 25 for 31 against the Eagles I know a lot of people have gone off against the Eagles recently as well as the Bears the week before but I mean this has been as good or better than what you could have hoped for from Kyler Murray at the tail end of this season. And James Conner's got to come along for the ride. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. My only concern here is that they feel like they've won the Super Bowl after last week. <laughs> that would be really stupid, but I, well, I, I get it. I'm just saying, going to, I mean, going to Philly, you, you beat the team that made it to the Super Bowl last season and, and you showed out that you're pretty good at football. Yeah, I, I get that to a certain extent. You didn't just beat the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. You know who their head coach is. It's Jonathan yeah. Gannon, their preview, their 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 defensive coordinator from last year. It helped get them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I do think that was a big emotional spot. And now Seattle needs this. But no, James Conner's getting a lot of volume. I I I can understand that for sure. Uh if if I'm rounding it out with my third, this is where it gets really tricky because there's mm-hmm. a lot in here that I don't like. Um DeAndre Swift at 3% right now, probably a little bit too expensive, but I understand it. There's another spot I'm going to ask you about before we move to wide receivers, and it's a narrative spot. But I would go, damn, dude. 
Like your cheap guys now, Ronnie Rivers, Pierre Strong, Jordan Mason. Those are your real cheap guys that we're going to have. We've done a pretty good job with ownership so far on these guys so early in the week. Yep, I would agree. And obviously, Kenneth Walker, if he doesn't play, everybody's going to play Zach Charbonnet, and they probably should. So that I have no problem with. Uh, so there's going to be things that change throughout the week, and we're going to get coach speak for the next couple days. It's just things to be on high alert for. Like maybe they say James Conner isn't going to play a full workload for the first time in forever. And they're going to, you know, mix in some Michael Carter for, for this and for that. And it'll be whatever, but um, trying to think of who else. I, I have really one. want. Okay. I'm ready for you. Brees Hall. <laughs> just no, I do not like going. that. Match. I don't either. I, I think the Patriots lock it down. Uh, I, I, I like Saquon Barkley a lot this week. Ooh. Yeah. Look, I think A.J. Brown has a big game, but it doesn't mean their defense can stop anybody. We just saw James Conner eat them alive last time out. They're at home. Terod Taylor, markedly better than Tommy DeVito. Say what you want. It's the it's the truth. It's fact. Uh, yeah, I think Barkley at sub-7K with the volume you could see from him is a really nice play this week. I, I like Saquon Barkley. Okay. I, I can definitely get behind that because he just seems like a guy who wants to play football and you just kind of want to make Saquon Barkley happy because you've made him unhappy as a, as a Giants organization for however many years. So uh, let him, let him have a little parting gift. I'm surprised like you like AJ Brown that much, but you don't like a 3% Deandre Swift. I find that fascinating. No, no. I said at 3%. I, oh, I don't okay. mind that. I just okay, think he's mind. a little bit overpriced is all. Okay. But no, no, I, I don't, I don't mind Swift at all. Yeah. I just think he should probably be like Aaron Jones price and not Saquon Barkley price. That's fair. That's fair. I have one question for you. Then we'll move on to wide receivers okay. here. And let me know guys in chat, where are you, where are you looking here? Are there any low owned guys right now? Uh, Jordan threw our ownership projections up on the screen. So you can see that uh, they're pretty good for, for so many question marks right now. Like they'll, they'll get sharper and sharper and more accurate throughout the week, obviously. But um let us know like, what, what spots are you looking at that we haven't touched on. I, I want to ask you about one, and it's – I saw some people going, do you think Derrick Henry – Oh, no. Well, hold on. Like, Do you think Derrick Henry gets rested and it goes to Tajay Spears? And I said, yeah, maybe. But then I thought about it more. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry are probably gone after this. This is why, by the way, I like the Titans plus five and a half this week. Uh, I think it's a rally spoiler spot at home with Mike Vrabel as your coach. Do you think Derrick Henry just gets fed to the moon in a spot like this with what is very likely his last game as a Tennessee Titan? I I, I will be honest. I that, did right? not humanly think about Derrick Henry getting more than like 10 touches here or something. I, I feel like one Tennessee fans want to see him out on the field and like one more Derrick Henry game. So I think that there's something that makes sense there. It's just so hard when it's not data-driven for me, when you just see Derrick Henry over the course of the season averaging less than four yards per carry. There's definitely some lack of burst that has never been there until this year. There's just so much work on the tires here. But as you said, going up against a Jacksonville defense that's disintegrated into thin air in front of our eyes the last couple of weeks. I mean, had just shootout after shootout spot. I don't completely hate it. I mean, I don't think it's completely out of, out of the question that... Man, I'm having a tough time even thinking about that because, like, Tajay Spears was somebody that at 4,600, I thought you could definitely see some receiving volume and, you know, if you're going to see them come from behind or, you know, the, Tajay Spears ends up seeing 
more of that. But like, maybe they do have like a one more time for the Gipper here, Derrick Henry spot. So, I mean, if that ends up working out, that's a one, 2% type dart that could just send you to the moon. Yeah. And do I think I'd get there? Probably not. I'm not saying it's like a Kobe retirement game, right? But it's worth thinking. 50 about. shot attempts or something. <laughs> yeah. It's worth thinking about, though, because he's been, he's been a, a, an amazing piece of that franchise for a very, very long time, right? Like, why didn't they trade him? Yeah. I don't know. They're, that was stupid. Somebody would have gave up something for him. And now well, you're I think just... by the time they had a competent guy working behind him, because before that, it was what, like Hassan Haskett, other guys that just yeah. weren't any good. And then when they finally Spears had somebody that they figured out midway through the year in Spears, it's probably too late. But if nothing else, I do like Tennessee plus five and a half. I'll tell you that much. I uh, definitely, I, I'm, I'm going to be adding that one. I, I think that that seems like some fun I can have. Yeah. And even if they lose, the, they're playing a Jacksonville team that has been, like you said, they're just disintegrating. So we'll see. Uh, any other, any other low owned spots at running back here? Oh, and so, mean, by the way, Brad in chat said that ETN's a great play. Yeah, I do. I very much like it, especially with Jeffrey Simmons done for the year. That helps. Uh, I, I, I like Travis ETN in a spot like this too. Yeah, I, I guess for the Lions, I mean, obviously they, they can jostle on like who they're going to end up playing between three, four, but for the most part, there's not a ton of incentive for like the, uh, the Gibbs and Montgomery shots to be crazy high in your portfolio this week. I don't think, uh, again, that always has to have an asterisk to it. Things can change. I guess Brees Hall would just be the guy I want to shout out. I know that new England, you said you expect new England to lock it down for sure. And obviously (laughs) maybe a coach playing for a job. Who'd ever think that was going to be the bill Belichick story, but, uh, Brees Hall, 7,200, you can't say enough. He was the number one running back throughout the fantasy playoffs here for anybody in year long and uh, was number one by a considerable margin. Massive ceiling, massive opportunity. I mean, do you just let him go for, I mean, I, I guess it just comes down to like, you, you probably want to put him on bubble wrap. He is that important to your to your football team. A guy who had a massive injury last season, but uh, he's at what, 816 yards. Yeah. I mean, maybe you just let him unleash and have one more chance to, to go out there and, and, and have some fun here. Obviously it's a, it's a, a risky spot, but you could say that about so many of these guys. And at least Brees Hall has shown the massive ceiling that can come along with $7,200 there. It's just a question of like, if we want to get to the stud wide receivers, which I'm sure we're just about to talk about, which I think we all do and probably all prefer as opposed to the expensive running backs outside of Rashad White. I think you just kind of play Rashad White and move on with your life in the 7K range. But Brees Hall is at least interesting because, hey, he's shown it like three of the last four weeks. And it is it is ridiculous because it's him or nothing in that offense. The only counter I have to that is this seems like the team that's looking towards the next year more than maybe any other team on this slate. Like get Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah. We still have Brees Hall. We still have Garrett Wilson. Get Elijah Vera Tucker back. We still have an insane defense. This season sucked. We did what we could. Uh-huh. We made it through. It's over. Get ready for 2024 where we have Aaron Rodgers at the helm and a healthy court. Like, to me, yeah. the Jets seem – I'm not saying they're just going to completely lay down because it's still the NFL and there's a lot of parity. But to me, it does feel like one of those instances where on the other side, Belichick's last game, Belichick's last game as a Patriots head coach at home. Yeah. Gillette Stadium and Foxborough. Like it just to me, th- this seems very, very like 
diametrically opposed as far as where each team is. One team next year could be really good. The Patriots have a long way to go before they rebuild. And this could be Belichick's last game at head coach. I'm going to just throw out one more thing about it just to, to throw it out there. I have some numbers. 9, 8, 9, 2, 16, 9. That's Brees Hall's targets the last six weeks. Yeah, it's a lot. It's absurd. Just from a dump-off perspective, like just give me that many dump-offs for a guy who, if you give him space, can beat any defense. He just did it against Cleveland. He's done it in, in difficult matchups, uh, knowing that he's the only offensive os- uh, asset uh, all year long here. I know Garrett Wilson uh, is talented as well, but uh, definitely far more difficult to get the ball downfield with your quarterbacks as opposed to just dumping it off to Brees Hall and letting him do something in space with it. But I will say it's at least interesting. And, you know, everything that you're saying, I, I definitely can can see that angle to it. But then if they weren't in that situation, Brees Hall would be like 25% owned. So at least I'm getting the ownership discount at 6% to at least find out in a couple of lineups. Sure. All right. Before we go to wide receiver, let me hold your feet to the fire for a second. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you guys that are within $500 more expensive or $400 less or $400 more expensive or $400 less expensive than Brees Hall. Okay. Okay. Rashad White or Brees Hall? Rashad White. Uh, Travis Etienne or Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Saquon Barkley or Brees Hall? He's $300 less expensive. I think the Giants have the higher team total, I believe. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Saquon. Okay, and then last one. I think this will be the, probably the closest for you. DeAndre Swift or Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Okay. And I guess I could throw Gibbs out there to you because you, you tend to think that the Lions will run for longer than I do. I, I have some yeah. real concerns with that spread. Yeah, uh, it's an early game, though, and, and there's news to break for them later in the sure. day. You kind of want to shore it up, I suppose, and just say, hey, if something happens, I mean, the Giants are very live to beat Philadelphia. I think we just saw that with Arizona last week where uh, you shouldn't be having a spread outside of, you know, it's it's not outside of a touchdown right now for a reason. All right, let's talk wide receivers. Before we do, guys, I don't know how many times I got to say it, Better, B-E-T-R. You see it up top. Double, 2X, your first deposit, up to 500 bucks. Means 500 turns into 1,000. Hell, 50 turns into 100, 20 turns into 40. At a spot where you can up to 100X your entries, up to eight plays in any lineup you want, just taking the over or under on any player projection. You're in non-legal betting states particularly. Here's an amazing way to take advantage of it. You see Eric's picture up there. Double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. Also, we saw the free square with Patrick Mahomes last week. Do we have another free square opportunity this week going into week 18? Wouldn't surprise me. The biggest thing, though, more than anything else, one, collect your bonus money. You know this, Eric. You do you do sports betting content. I say it all the time. Collect your bonus money for signups from every single sports book, or in this case, every single pick'em site you can, and then shop your odds on every single site that you can. And in this case, it means getting the free squares, means finding better lines. It means all of that on top of the bonuses. So even if you're on one or two, why not take some of the funds that you have there, redistribute them elsewhere, rebalance these accounts to make sure that no matter the day you're getting the free squares, you're getting the bonuses and you're always getting the best line lines on all of these plays. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be heading out to Arizona for a little while to go stay with my parents and and hang out as they get, 
you know, they they do the snowbird thing coming down from South Dakota. And so I'm going to help them get everything situated there. But selfishly, I just really want to be firing off as many uh, different sports books as I possibly can, in addition to pick them stuff where you can do everything there in the great state of Arizona and have an opportunity to sign up for new offers and things of that likening. Now, better, I have access to, it's fantastic, $500 for a smash deposit bonus, but it can't be emphasized enough. Having multiple places to play so that you can shop for lines, regardless of if that is Pick'em or anything else, is the game changer for you. It is It is just what you have to do to be profitable in either space right now. They're too competitive and they will have advantageous lines trying to vie for your business. So it is something we're better. I will look at it next to underdog and prize picks and I will just compare and I will play at the best spot and you should be doing the same thing. Plus, when you get $500 to jump in, you can play up to eight picks, you can stack up an entire game, and you can correlate plays. You're the one in the driver's seat to make money. So that is the reason you want to sign up at Better and sign up at all these pick'em sites if you're at a, in a state where that is something that you have access to. Check it out, baby. Link in the description and in chat. Get your deposit bonus, free squares, line shop, all of that good stuff. Click it. Don't need a promo code. Link will take you there. Get you that bonus. Wide receivers. All right, so... Here's the good thing. You and I are already ahead of schedule because we've already talked about a lot of these guys, right? I don't I don't really think we need to dive any deeper into CD Lamb. I, as no. much as I talk about AJ Brown, I love obviously love CD Lamb this week. With that in mind though, this guy might be 40% owned in large field contests and he's $9300. That would be crazy, okay? That 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 is a lot of ownership because look, there's more than more than one way to skin a cat when it comes to beating the Washington commanders, right? They faced them on Thanksgiving day, took care of business. And CeeDee lamb was largely uninvolved in a game like that. I'm not saying it happens again. I'm just saying, if you're paying $9,300 for a guy that's 35, 40% owned in the Millie, or even, you know, in the spy, he'd probably be 45% owned in a spot like that. I'm willing to look elsewhere. And guys like AJ Brown stand out to me, guys like Mike Evans right now, we have Mike Evans ownership. Where, where do we have him at? Not very high. We have Mike Evans at 6% ownership in a must-win game. DJ Moore at 8% ownership. Jamar Chase at 13% ownership. I don't know, man. And I don't think Higgins is going to play. I don't see any reason they would play him after simply using him as a decoy last week with zero playoff aspirations in Week 18. I just think there's so many good uh, mid-range, upper mid-range wide receivers this week. Yeah, but C.D. Lamb, if you're playing cash, first click in. There's oh, well, no that, way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> say that after I'm like, yeah, he could be 45% yep. of the spy or 40% of the million. You're like, yeah. yeah, but Dave, you got to play him in cash. Yeah, of He's course. projected for 26. Uh, okay, so I guess here's the argument for why you would want to fade. There are... A lot of wide receivers, be it Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown, if you think it'll be more competitive there, Devontae Adams, for all the reasons we talked about, and your guy, A.J. Brown. They all have comparable ceilings. They're guys who can go for 35-40 and become must-have pieces, and you get access to all of them at drastically lower ownership because C.D. Lamb exists absor like just absorbing all of it. But raw points, 20-25 from C.D. Lamb on a Week 18 slate, can get it done in a Millie maker this week on weeks that it doesn't necessarily have that access to. And, you know, one of my biggest DFS scores from, from NFL was a 50 K win, what, three, four years ago 
where George Kittle, he ended up being in the game after uh, Travis Kelsey. So then he just goes back and breaks the record back to back. And I ended up getting to two tight ends, one that was 40% owned in Travis Kelsey and one that was like three or 4% owned in George Kittle. And it was beautiful, fun stuff. And really all it came down to was like, okay, well, one's going to be way, 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 way higher owned than the other because of perceived you know what what that is and then the other one but in reality you could have both and that's where i think this is kind of where we're getting at running back we have a lot of cheap options there's going to be guys to rotate in that i don't even know who they are right now maybe it ends up being pierre strong that i end up jamming maybe it ends up being more uh, uh you know jordan mason is the guy in the top of my head right now who i'm just going to be playing a ton of if the slate started today but i can get cd lamb plus justin jefferson plus Devonte adams on a week like this so easily and I don't think I don't think enough people are going to be looking at it that way. So uh, for me, I'm probably if the slate started now, I'd probably have 100 percent CD lamb and end up living with the result. But I totally see where you're coming from, because there are lots of ceilings and access to those ceilings surrounding him uh, for much cheaper tags. Yeah, look, I love CD lamb. He's he's the best. There's no player that's going to project higher than CD lamb on this slate for sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, what if he's 45%? Like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And and there's going to be multiple, if he only puts up 20, there's going to be five, six, seven guys who eclipse that saying. easily. But even if he puts you still up have to get those guys right. Yeah, you still have to get those guys right, which is the hard part. And no doubt. yeah, you'd think out of 100,000 lineups, 200,000 lineups in a tournament that somebody's going to get the other pieces to come along for the ride. I can tell you from playing these week 18s and these preseason slates, that doesn't always happen. So getting some of those certain points into your lineups, barring injury with a CD lamb, feels like a path I'm going to take more times than not on a on a week like this and let 55% of the field figure out where else they're going to get 25 from. I hear you. I hear you. It's just if CD lamb does have that 20 point game and now half of the field does half of the field has him. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. If AJ Brown really does come in at like sub 10% ownership against the giants, mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, if, you know, like even with Nick Mullins, if Justin Jefferson, wh what, what happens if Dan Campbell does decide that his starters come out at halftime and now you have Nick Mullins throwing against a lot of backups to Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is not going to be particularly popular on a slate like this. I, I, I he, what do we have? 16%, yeah. but still that's less than half of CD lamb's ownership right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if Lamb comes up even higher. Uh, I think there's a part of me, too. I want to throw this out there as a Viking guy and just, you know, watching blurbs and things go across and just kind of getting a feel for who Justin Jefferson is. There's something that tells me there is no way he's not going for 120 yards receiving. He wants to get to 1,000 yards because, like, I know he missed a lot of time. He missed nine weeks in the middle of the season. He missed from week five to week 14. Um, or I guess it would be week six to week 13. So I guess uh, seven, eight weeks in the middle of that. But he's a guy that's at 882 right now. There's no way that a prideful dude like Justin Jefferson isn't going to ask for 120 to get over the 1,000-yard mark because he wants to get there every season of his career. I just feel that in my bones. I hear you. I hear you. I think the raw points are important, but I don't think it's like raw points to CD Lamb on a two-game slate either. I, I I probably agree with that, where you just have more access. You know, there's going to be deep shots, but again, that's where it's like, tell me who that guy is then. Like, it's that's where it's so hard. I think A.J. Brown is the guy that you are 
confident in. And I, I mean, Devonta Smith being out, that's definitely going to be something that could benefit him uh, against a giant secondary that isn't all that imposing for sure. But um, yeah, it, it should be a game that the Giants are playing straight up, trying to limit and do things to stop in AJ Brown. Not that you can really stop him, but like, do you trust Sirianni to do the smart thing and just pepper AJ Brown 15, 20 times? I'm not positive that I do. Maybe not. I haven't we'll all year, <laughs> but I'm I'm willing to find out if he's single digit owned. That's all I'm saying. You know, Fair. like DJ Moore, we have at 8%. DK Metcalf against Arizona must win game 7%. Chris Godwin against Carolina 7%. Not all of these guys are even in the same price tier, but I'm just giving you a few guys that I find. Uh, Sam Howe's going to start. So that sucks. If it was Brissett, I'd be looking at a $5,500 McLaurin, but Mike Evans, 6% right now. Mike Evans has 30 plus fantasy point upside without question. Uh, you know, let's not overlook the fact that, you know, on the season, Mike Evans is currently sitting at 1,233 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns, right? Like he, this dude has a, a very big ceiling. So, so does DJ Moore. And he played yeah. five games or whatever without Justin Fields. So I think I think you have the pick of the litter when it comes to these these wide receivers in the mid-range this week. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you here. I think it's going to be more intriguing to talk about the cheapies that we think could be viable because there's going to be some 0.5% guys who make their way into my lineups this week. That's for sure. A lot of them on teams that have already solidified some type of status where Hey, I think you're going to see it uh, be kind of interesting to take shots on on some of the unknowns there. But uh, the mid range is definitely where you kind of want to be living here uh, with the rest of the wide receiver position. Uh, Godwin and, and Evans, obviously, I think uh, you and I are both interested in Tampa Bay. It's weird to see their ownership in single digits, knowing that they're one of the teams with something to play for. DK Metcalf, he's a freak beyond a freak, but Arizona's been really good against wide receivers specifically this season. Uh, been the best team uh, against wide receivers this, seem, uh, this season from a fantasy perspective. So uh, limiting them uh, massively in a way you wouldn't necessarily expect, but uh, that kind of opens up some opportunity to get to like Jackson Smith and Jigba at 4,800, just stepping into a larger role within the framework of the offense, getting targeted in big spots, even though, you know, some of those were Drew Locke, uh, or Drew Locke uh, looks, if you will. But I'm with you. Uh, Terry McLaurin would have been a lot of fun here as a run back with the CD Lamb spot. That's no longer going to be a thing with Sam Howell out there. They they made the call to Riverboat Ron and said, nope, you're not going to do that. So that was unfortunate for everybody involved. I want to ask you, though, Brandon Cooks, 5,200, if you're not going to be playing, as much CD Lamb, you have to play some Brandon Cooks, don't you? I think so, yeah. Okay, or you that just, would just have to play like an insane amount of Tony Pollard. Yeah, that or Jake Ferguson. You got to like get something Ferguson else a lot this week. Though. Yeah. The Washington secondary is that pitiful, where you just have to get to something. If you're not going to play CD Lamb in lineups, which again, from a game theory perspective, totally understand if you want to take the path of least resistance there and just say, all right, I'm not going to play a 45% owned CD Lamb in single entry. You got to play something else. You have to get there because Dak Prescott is not going to fail against Washington in a spot where they are trying to win a football game. It's just, I can't imagine it not happening. He's the highest projected quarterback on the slate for good reason. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, the only other question is, does Dallas just spread it around enough to where it doesn't make a difference? Like I'm looking at when yeah. they played Washington earlier this year, Cooks had four for 72 and a touchdown. Lamb had... 
Let's see. Lamb had four for 53 in a touchdown. They both finished with 70, 17 fantasy points. Jake Ferguson in that same game. Had, and by the way, they, they put up 45 points. Yeah. Had and one, you had Dak put up 35. So, yep. Yeah. One Wild. for 35 for Ferguson. Uh, Michael Gallup had nothing, essentially. <laughs> he doesn't live. Was it Kevonta Turpin that had a game there? Turpin, like, Turpin had a decent game. Let me he had a 34-yard reception again. for a touchdown. Yep. And I assume yep, I Pollard that. was okay then. Pollard was uh, – where did where did they just go? Yeah. My sheet is on Tennessee for some stupid reason. He had 13 reason. for 79 and a touchdown, 6 for 24 receiving. He had go. 22. But it's That's funny because you wouldn't have needed – this was – this is a Thanksgiving game, but if this were a a thirteen game, so you wouldn't have needed any of them. Yeah, that well, would have been helpful. If you run this game enough times against Washington, that's though is the fun thing where you look at a sample size of one from the NFL because you have to. Like we don't have a choice, and that's what the Sims tool. That's the value in it is being able to send these things ten thousand times. And then to be able to have like a better outlook on the slate that sometimes we see, oh, well, it got spread around. Dak Prescott was the only guy you really wanted to have there from that spot. And it's like, yeah, it's true. But it's one of those things where there are going to be games where CD goes for 40. There's going to be games where Jake Ferguson goes for 25. You get uh, Brandon Cooks for 25 in some of these spots. Like those are still things that are very, very, very live to happen if you play Washington more than once. Agreed. I agree. I'm just wondering, is the optimal rate higher than ownership? That's a great question. I mean, it, they're the top they're the top stack in the top stacks tool right now. I don't expect that to change in any way, shape, or form. And uh, they're going to be playing a Washington team that, for all intents and purposes, has laid over. And they did so as soon as they traded Young and Sweat. Any other cheap receivers you want to look at? Oh, boy. I have some absolute dust down here. Let's um, hear it. Okay, so we can start with uh, Tutu Atwell for the Rams. I know that's a guy that you like at 3,300. Just uh, You routinely like his talent level. I think this is a spot where Carson Wentz, why wouldn't you just have him out there chucking? And I think Demarcus Robinson is somebody that people are actually going to give quite a bit of attention to against San Francisco. San Francisco going to be resting a lot of their guys. But between Tutu Atwell, Ben Skoranek, and Demarcus Robinson, I want to play something with Carson Wentz out there who is for... You know, he's he's he knows the profile. He knows what people have said about him at this point in time. Can he still play? Can he be a, a pseudo Joe Flacco of sorts and come in and show that he's still serviceable at the NFL level? This is going to be an audition and it, it's going to be a great opportunity for him to to show people that, hey, I can still go out and I can go try to at least chuck it around the field. So I want to get to something from the Rams. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of Jordan Mason again if the uh, slate started now. I think you want to play something there. And Tutu Atwell, he was over a 1,000-yard receiver uh, at a Power 5 school, so I at least have that confidence where he can be that alpha type. And Robinson's been playing so well that maybe they try to limit him to some uh, certain extent here. The other one is Alex Erickson from the Chargers going up against Kansas City here. You said Kansas City might play it straight up, but like eight targets from Alex Erickson, Erickson there. There's at least some chances where it's sub 4K, you get to him and and you're you're sitting pretty well in terms of like getting seven, eight, nine targets because the Rams, they're not going to play Kenyon Allen. They're not going to play anybody who matters here in this spot. So uh, this is yet another audition for him. And he's at least shown that he can get some type of separation there. Short yardage outs for Easton Stick, something that I'm uh, at least a little bit intrigued by. And Jason Brownlee. There's so much talent there. He's Ooh, been man, we're up. digging deep. Huh? Oh, I said I'm getting disgusting. I I said I have like five guys on this sheet that I'm kind of just like rotating through. 
And Jason Brownlee is somebody that I think has a ton of talent from the preseason. He's just been dinged up and getting no opportunity. He's played and been active the last two weeks, week 16, week 17. He has been a catch or two away from taking things to the house in spots. At 3,200 against New England, absolutely nobody is going to play him, 0.1%, and I don't completely hate it. A.T. Perry from the Saints, a big-bodied receiver going up against Atlanta, 3,300, somebody that I like uh, mixing into some lineups here. And last, Curtis Samuel. If you're looking for a run back from Dallas, they have really no reason not to just hit the guy. Short yardage outs, maybe they they go a little bit light on Jahan Donson, Terry McLaurin. They've proven they will never go light on Curtis Samuel playing in the slot there. So 4,300, how'd I do? Did great. Thank you. I like a lot. Did you mention Ronnie Bell? I did not, but I like Ronnie Bell. The reason like Ronnie, Ronnie Bell. Bell stands out to me a little bit is because, like, if you take IU, Kittle, Samuel, probably even Juwan Jennings off the field, mm-hmm. already know Christian McCaffrey, but it's still a watered-down vanilla version, but still Kyle Shanahan's offense. And Sam Darnold is not the the worst backup that you could have in this offense either. Mm -hmm. So I think Ronnie Bell could be one of those guys that if I'm digging really deep to 3,200, I have like, okay, here's how I look at it. Would I rather be taking backups on really bad teams? Yep. In some cases, maybe. Or would I rather be taking backups on teams that are like good, that actually have depth, that actually have good play calling, even if it's vanilla play calling, that's why Ronnie Bell to me is pretty interesting. Well, and the other beautiful thing, not that you can't play Jordan Mason with them, but I do expect Jordan Mason to be the highest owned cheap running back when it's all said and done at the end of the week. I expect him to be 20, 25% owned. I know that seems crazy. We have him right now at 8.3%. But if you look across the industry, I just, I, I feel it coming. I know it to be true. Jordan Mason is going to get jammed. You are getting so much leverage going to Sam Darnold plus Ronnie Bell or Chris Conley. You have a uh, Ross Dwelly, who I think has a pretty good chance to miss this game. And Charlie Warner could end up being some type of chalk at 2,500 there for San Francisco. You're getting some leverage just going to the Ronnie Bell, Chris Conley side of things here with Darnold. And I love that point that you're making. That's kind of the point that I'm making with the Rams, where I like Sean McVay and what he's done with this aerial attack this season, you know, without Cooper Cup, getting Puka Nakua in the mix and just knowing how to get guys fed. Tutu Atwell. Demarcus Robinson, those are the two guys I would want to get access to on the other side. So, yeah, Ronnie Bell, definitely somebody I'm interested in, too. Want to talk some tight ends here? Oh, that was fun, though. I, I like these cave dweller wide receiver slates. It feels good. It feels it's right. It's fun. It's fun. fun. Depends on who's throwing them the football, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, Derek Carr is not exciting by any means. Rashid Give me Shahid. your top three wide receivers right now, then. C.D. Lamb by a mile. Um, Justin Jefferson, because I, I think there's like, there are very limited ways, I think, that he doesn't go for 100 in this spot. Uh, Nick Mullins, if he is smart, and I, I think Nick Mullins might not be the most talented guy, but he seems like somebody who's going to feed Justin Jefferson here. Um, and then I'll go to the mid-range here. How do you not like Chris Godwin slash Mike Evans here? I, I yep. It feels too good to be true, what we're looking at for the ownership there. I know Carolina's been decent as a secondary at limiting wide receivers, but I don't expect much. And then from the cheap end, I'm just absolutely in love with Tutu Atwell. Um, That's going to be kind of the main guy. Don't hate the Ronnie Bell. Definitely with you there. Chris Conley, somebody that uh, I expect to be activated there in a good spot. And one last one uh, that I didn't show up there earlier, but Keelan Doss, uh, another guy from the Chargers, I just expect them to throw and have Easton stick screw around and Kansas city is playing nobody. So uh, might as well just have the chargers go have fun. 
I'll go AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. Okay. Like CD Lamb to me, I'm I'm not I'm likely gonna have plenty of him, but I right. love that top tier. Uh and then like you said, Evans and Godwin, cheap guy Ronnie Bell for me, I think. Bell or, or Conley, one of those guys. I'll take that offense. You know, I have no problem with those guys being tethered to like a still a good team, even though you know the funny thing, have you seen the total for this game? Which one? Sam Fran. I was trying to bet Trey Jones over as quick as he's going to start today. Uh, no, I have not seen that total at all. You know, a lot of people would look at this and go, okay, you know, preseason game, 34-point total. It's a 41-point total. <laughs> so there are one, two, three, four, five, six games on a 13-gamer with a higher total. That's it. This is right in the middle. Maybe and everybody's cheap. Everybody's cheap. Let's talk about tight ends. So, all right, we know that, thank God, Travis Kelsey's not going to play. What a disaster that's been. I mean, holy yeah. shit, what a fall from grace we've seen. How, how is this possible? Like, how has the world turned on Travis Kelsey this much? Except for, I don't, his podcast is incredible. We all hate his dating life. We're all sick of this shit. Like, but from a football perspective, have I've never seen anything like this. I don't know, man. I think it's ever since he took 20 mil from Pfizer to do those campaigns. He said, what's the point of football? Cut it, cut it, cut it, what? cut it. Stop it, Jordan Klein. Cut it. What? I'm saying the guy got paid $20 million to do some commercials. Here at Stochastic, we have no um, affiliation to anything that has to do with anything political. Uh, hopefully you enjoy sports. This isn't political. Thumbs up, everybody. Hold on. This you want me to get political? I'll get I'll get political. I feel so cringe. Stop, please, please. No, why are you cringing? It has nothing. It could be him taking twenty I'm, million dollars. I'm a California beta. What can I management say? Company. I'm just a beta. I'm just a no, beta. No, dude, you're missing the point here. This could be him taking twenty million dollars from, you know, from MGM Studios. Right. I'm saying, guy just got paid twenty million dollars. He's dating he Taylor Swift. Yeah, Who cares it, about football? I was going to say, Aaron Rodgers puts him on blast. Well, I guess he puts everybody on blast now, too, so there's that. Like but, Jimmy Kimmel. You know. That's a libel case waiting to happen. It's <laughs> um, just going to get ridiculous. By the way, uh, I'm not saying I actually believe that. Like that's why. No, no. But it is crazy that yeah. the moment all of this stuff started happening, yep. he went from like the best ever, and he'll probably go down probably still as the best tight end yep. ever. Yes. To a guy that you know, you if you're playing him each week, you're you're just biting the bullet and you're going, Yeah, I'm probably overpaying here. As, I, as Greg Ehrenberg would say, a cuck bagel. There you are. Yeah. You say, I'm gonna, you know what? Yeah. I don't want to, but I'm gonna take the jab. I don't know why you cringed at that. You'd think I was going on some like nope. political nope, you know, nope, nope. It's just hilarious. It's just it's just funny if you if we're gonna be honest. It's just funny because Travis Kelsey, it is kind of correlated towards him getting absolutely incinerated by Aaron Rodgers, and then his performance since that has not been good. That is a fact. They are they are perfectly correlated in a downward spiral. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you getting the booster? <laughs> I didn't. Now I'm just messing with you. No. Uh, Trey McBride's a good play. Yeah, he is. Trey McBride's awesome, man. 
we talked good. about it last week. Like, where would we ra- like if we were drafting today? Where would yeah. we put a lot of? Yeah, these he'd be boosted ends? into the second round. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Trey McBride. I I love Jake Ferguson here. Twelve percent Jake Ferguson. It's gross, but like Gerald Everett's coming off a bad game, and I had a lot of him last week. I don't mind going back to Everett. He still had another what nine target game. And now he's going up against a bunch of backups for Kansas City. I don't know how many second stringers are going to be out there, but I would assume plenty of them. He's 10% owned. Tight end's not loaded, but I do think they're like Dallas Goddard's 5%. If Devontae Smith is out, Dallas Goddard should be on your radar for sure. Forget about how dysfunctional this team is, and they are. 5%, 6 7 8% Dallas Goddard if Devontae Smith sits. And now, because listen, the whole Julio thing was more of a mirage than anything else, right? It's mm-hmm. a blip on the radar, yep. an exception yep. to the rule. Call it what you want. Um, if you if this passing game becomes just, you know, A.J. Brown and, and Dallas Goddard, I don't really care if they're running a vanilla offense. I'm still going to have plenty of both of them. I'm 100% with you. I think it, it just... You just get to him um, against the Giants there. From a talent perspective, too, just somebody that can do something after the... Has there ever been a tight end that you've seen? Dallas Goddard, I feel like he never catches the ball beyond the line of scrimmage, and then he just makes something happen. And I know that that's not true, and it's not showing in the data, but like every time I watch Dallas Goddard, it is like a sideline throw from Jalen Hurts, and then just breaking tackles. Like that, that seems like the Dallas Goddard way. He's so good at it, though, so who really gives a shit? Um, like getting to Trey McBride, obviously Jake Ferguson in the game environment, really hard to get away from Gerald Everett, I think was a, a lucky getaway for me a little bit last week. Sims two obviously loved him and he got the target volume there at nine and he just ended up so popular, especially in like the afternoon slate that it ended up being a decent thing to get away from. But I got to say cheapies at tight end. If you're not going to play McBride and Ferguson, what else do you like? Because like, for me, all of these dudes are backups, whether it's Johnny Munt, three K like getting to him, you know, former Ram gets in the same style offense immediately here and now has a role without Hawkinson there. K-Dot and 3,100, game that matters, something that I like getting to. Everybody's 3,100 or cheaper and pretty much nothing else that I would be remotely paying up for. Yeah, I'm with you. And by the way, guys, just, I meant, I did mention it earlier in the show, but I want to clarify in case you came in late. Nick Sirianni has, they have asked questions about resting starters. It has been, you know, thrown around. So we'll know on Sunday. I I don't mind being a little bit flippant about it now because we're going to know by Sunday anyway. You know what exactly. I mean? Like we're, we'll know. Uh, same thing with with the Lions. Talk, like you talking about, I'm on St. Brown. We'll know. So if you like him now and you expect him to play, we'll know. Uh, but yeah, if there's, if there's any possibility that that's the case, I will be uh, far away. Would you play Marcus Mariota? Yes. Okay. You would? I, I would. Yeah. I'm well, first of all, I married into a duck family. And if I if I won a million dollars with Marcus Mariota, they might crown me king. You'd so be a hero. I would be a hero. Uh I would never, ever, ever want again in my entire life. So uh Marcus Mariota would take me to the promised land. I would definitely have to have some shares just as an emotional life hedge. Okay. I'm okay. You didn't expect that answer. I didn't. I like that answer. <laughs> I didn't expect it, but I like it. Yep. Uh, Darren it Waller. Problem is they're using Daniel Bellinger right now, so that kind of sucks. Like yep. they're they're both getting involved. Uh, there was one more guy I wanted to talk about. Let me find him. Davis Allen. No. 
That's fine. Tucker Craft, if all of them are hurt. Mm -hmm. What does Green Bay look like right now? Let's see. All right, so let's see what the practice report looked like yesterday. Unless we have something for today, but it's it just unlikely. feels like he's never coming back, Musgrave. It feels like he's never coming back. I know, but like Jordan Reed is still limited. Christian Watson is limited. Yep. And Christian Watson hasn't played since week 13. Dontavian Wicks is going to be questionable with that chest injury. Luke Musgrave, I don't know if he ends up coming back. Uh, so I'm just saying, like, what happens if all of those guys or most of them are out? Then Tucker Kraft becomes a great play at his price point. I would agree with that. Uh, don't I don't think it it'll all. happen, though. I think they're going to force some of these guys onto the field for a must-win game. I'm with you. Um, Charlie Warner would be – I brought him up during the wide receiver segment, but Ross Dwelly, that's a guy who they'll probably want on the field. And Charlie Warner, he at least has pedigree coming from Georgia, uh, somebody who can be a dog, if you will. And uh, 2,500, I bet he'd end up kind of chalky if Ross Dwelly ends up out. You think so? I do. I do. The game environment. We talked about it. Rams, San Francisco, 41 and a half total offenses that you like. Uh, they're going to have to put out like practice squad dudes from tight end. If they're going to have Ross Dwelly out, Braden Willis is the next guy on the, on the depth chart. And he is a blocker. That is true. And again, yeah, you're right. 41 point totals, nothing to sneeze at. It's really not bad. Want to take a look at some top stacks. I, I, that sounds more fun than trying to pick between like Colby Parkinson and Tommy oh, Tremble. Gross. And yeah, there's, and here's the thing, man. I don't, I don't think you're really going to need to, if we're being honest, there's going to be so much value everywhere else. I'm with you. Uh, but it's fun to play a lot of 2,500 guys like Blake Bell. If you know, they end up Noah Gray has been actually involved in this offense and he's pulling the ownership right now. I could from one for one swap down to uh, Blake Bell and just feel better about things. Sure. Like there's going to be punts all over the place. I just don't know who they are. Lucas Kroll, that was somebody that I had a lot of last week. It sucked. He only had two catches, 14 yards, but he seems decently good here playing in Vegas. Sure, I'll I'll, tell, I'll have some shares of him again. Yeah, anyway, I mean, I look at a few of these spots in the top stacks tool, which, by the way, guys, any of our tools, link in the description and in chat, uh, just the, the everything, right? Whether it's a lineup generator, you want to get in at a good price. It's the I think it's the best tool for your money if you're playing lower stakes right now and you're trying to grind your way up and you're just looking for something that's going to help you. The lineup generator is absolutely awesome for NFL or for NBA. We have a PGA lineup generator too. Uh, and then of course the contest simulator or the, the lineup simulator, that's the, that's the Holy grail for sure. Allows you to generate up to a thousand contests, sims them 40,000 times. It's, it's an amazing, amazing tool. Amazing. And we still got a lot of football to go, by the way, like you still have, you know, the, the, the NFL postseason, you're going to have like the Monday game and, and they're a lot of because I'm the, going the to DraftKings Sportsbook with my parents uh, for that Monday, the wild card weekend. That's next. Yeah, not this Monday, but the next Monday. Nice. That'll Sims tools cross for showdowns, too. It's amazing. There's going to be a lot of showdowns. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday night game. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, well, there's going to be. Yeah, there's, so we're going to have. We're going to have what? There'll be six individual showdowns next week or yep. five. Six, six, right? So one, two plays, six. There's so 12 teams that four. are going to be playing. Six. Yep. There's so going to be, yep, six games. Yep. Unreal. So still a lot of time to check it out. Even if you just dabble for a week of the Sims tool, whether it's Sims Max or Sims Data. And if you ever have any questions, hit me up. My DMs are open on Twitter. But a link to all of our tools in the description or in chat. 
I think you guys will love them. Plus, we'd love to have you join the community, get in the Discord. Uh, not only that, but the top stacks tool, ownership, player projections, boom bust tools, all of our tools on top of just the Sims. We got you covered from top to bottom. Looking at the top stacks tool now, though, Dallas, yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy high top stack rating. No, no, no surprise there. Minnesota, too, which is, I guess, somewhat surprising, but not entirely because now you take TJ Hawkinson out of that lineup. And mm -hmm. if you assume it's a 1 p.m. game, so, like, they're going to play full throttle. I agree with you. You mentioned it earlier. Does Nick Mullins to Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison type approach seem all that insane when you consider there's also the added wrinkle of Detroit maybe not playing their starters all game? Nope, it's not crazy at all. Again, Minnesota isn't completely dead in the water. They need everything to fall their way. Um, you know, some people on the show might say 0% and hurt my feelings, but they have a 9% chance for all intents and purposes. I guess 4% playoff percentage, 9% chance if they win this football game to advance to the postseason. So not having that say 0% at least matters to some extent. And to be facing a team that, you know, is obviously, you know, three, four, there's a little jockeying in terms of position to some extent on the other side. I don't hate this. I mean, the the backup secondary from Detroit could only be a good thing to be going up against. And Nick Mullins, despite himself, he will chuck. He has no problem out there chucking. He is a poor, poor, poor man's Brett Favre out there. So it is what it is. Um, I, I think this actually kind of makes sense to me. I mean, Philly, there's a lot of question marks there. I think that's kind of showing up in the top stack as well. Seattle, wild to see them there ahead of Tampa Bay for sure. Um, but it, it looks like for all intents and purposes, pretty accurate. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. It no, it doesn't, but it's it does look, it's not gonna all of this is not going to look great. There's gonna be spots that we just have to go, all right, I'm doing it, right? I'm gonna do it. Uh Tampa Bay looks pretty decent. I like Tampa Bay this week. Baker, you know, he has all of those. He has like three million dollars of incentives on the line. But really the only thing that matters is win and get in, win and win the division. Like that's yep all that matters against the Carolina team that God, they have no future. None. They have no future. None. They have and their, none. their coach or their uh, owners out there chucking drinks at fans. Yeah. Even he finding him. Off. Did you see the number of what that is for a normal person? How much money he has where $300,000, what it was in no, equivalent of you or me paying $1 and 19 cents. Really? That can't be right. It, it is 100% the one-for-one one scale that I saw on Twitter.com. And Twitter doesn't lie. It was somebody, I can't remember the account, but it was, I remember the number exactly because I was like $1.19, 19 is my birthday for uh, whatever it matters. But yeah, $1.19 is how much a 300K fine was to him for somebody who has a $50,000 annual income. That's crazy. Unreal. Wow. Yeah, didn't matter. Drop in the bucket. 300k amazing but yeah tampa dude again I, baker with rashad white mike evans baker with evans godwin baker with yep. godwin rashad white i think all of that's entirely viable seattle we didn't talk a lot about them but i don't hate seattle stacks at all this week like, i like that game i like too. the game a lot me too me too i definitely like that spot we can't sleep on uh and then one more I'll give you one more before we go. And if you have anything else, feel free to throw it out there. I'm not entirely opposed to Tarod Taylor stacks. The The only thing I hate there is you're trying to figure out, is it Wandale? Is it Slayton? Is it, is it 
Waddle or sorry, is it uh is it Waller? That's that's what sucks because it's already like not a potent offense. That's why I think I'd probably rather just go to Barkley. So fucking pissed at the Rams for letting Wandale or not Wandale the Darius Slayton deep shot. That I mean that cost me so much money because Tyrod Taylor would have had basically the same outcome as um as Jared Stidham and it wouldn't have affected me last week because of that throw and because of the chalk nature of Wandale. And uh, Darius Slayton, I ended up getting absolutely destroyed on last week's slate. So that was brutality. I'm probably with you. Again, I'll play anything against the Philadelphia secondary. If it's you out there running the slot, I I think I would roster you at this point in time. Uh, I know Darius Slay is expected back, though, correct? As far as I know, yeah. Okay, I I had heard that he was trending towards playing. I hadn't checked back on that since yesterday, but... Um, that's, that's obviously somebody that they need. <laughs> they, they could use anybody off the street and make it an improvement right now. But, uh, yeah, Tyrod Taylor, I'm definitely going to have my shots there. Obviously you're not getting the same prices on them that you got last week. If you're a week early on that one, congratulations to you. I'm a fish, but, um, last one I'll throw out there just because I want to San Francisco, Sam Darnold, you brought up all the reasons and it's super cheap. That game environment, the Rams on the other side with Carson Wentz. I like getting to both sides of it, although the top stacks tool does not like the Rams in comparison to San Francisco. That is for sure. Fun season, man. It's awesome. Awesome. I assume we will season. be back. We'll be doing something in some capacity for the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no question. No question. We just have to figure out what that is. But anyway, hey, you guys are the best for real. Follow Eric at Eric Linkless on Twitter. Whenever we're not on YouTube, you can find us there or on a premium Discord if you're if you're hanging out with us there be it on Odd Shopper or the, the stochastic side, you know where to find everybody. And uh, I'm at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Thanks to Jordan for producing this one as always. And hey, I guess we'll see him back here next week, huh? Sounds, sounds like a plan. I'm ready to rock. All right, later, fellas. Have a great weekend.